The views and opinions shared by They Might Be Toxic hosts, guests, or sponsors are those of each contributor and do not necessarily express the official view of the brand. We are not doctors, and this podcast should not be mistaken for therapy. Nothing expressed in this content is intended to malign or harm any party or person. We are simply here to discuss and dissect our toxic relationships and to learn about yours. Welcome to episode two of They Might Be Toxic podcast. In this episode, Pilar and I continue our discussion of our early discovery of narcissism in our own lives and relationships. Welcome to the podcast. When my friends do good, like I get this joy. I, yeah. Like I'm like, hell, like, hell yes. yes. I know you want to cheer them on. Absolutely. How can I help you? You know? Totally. Yes. And when when I wouldn't get that from him, it would break my heart, you know, because you think that your partner right, like you're is sitting there, there scrolling through a hundred likes and yeah. looking for the one that you want. Yeah, it, it never came. It was and it will always make me feel like there's something wrong with me. Right. Because I will always internalize it, you know. And another great example about how narcissists just cannot get out of their heads and think about anybody else, even if it's their spouse or kid, if somebody else is doing better, thread, automatic thread, red flags, you know what I'm saying? When I stopped, uh, when I started my business, I had to consult with him and I said, hey, I have this idea. I want to start this business and I think it's going to be awesome. All I need is this much money for the training and, uh, and I'm going to be set. He's like, no, no, it's going to be, you're going to waste all the money, blah, blah, blah. And, and keep in mind that up until this point, I've been running my own business already doing websites. Right. You know, when I was an engineer and I did all the IT stuff, I was already doing my stuff. I've always been entrepreneurial. And so I get this, this, sense of like, no, I'm not being supported, you know? And then I talked to my sister. My sister's like, why in the hell do you need his permission? Just do it. If you know you right. can make it, do it. So I went and did it. I made my money back in two weeks, I think. And then I started, I mean, cash just started flowing. My business was booming. Do you know, he was acting like he was mad that I made it. Like he wanted me to fail so he could be like, you see, so. I'll try. Yeah. And he could not say, hey, this is awesome. I'm so proud. Never did I hear, I'm so proud of you. Right. And it would break my heart. So I know I'm not a narcissist because I have empathy and I can take joy in my friends or my family doing better or doing something awesome. Yeah. You know, they cannot. And that, that recording that keeps playing in my head I can now stand up to and be like, no, no, you're wrong. Next. You know, I still remember the year before I decided to go to art school, I was kind of tinkering around with painting and just like kind of discovering the artistic side of myself. And there was this guy that I was very casually dating and he said, and we were on the phone and he said, so are you going to sit around and color all weekend? I'm just minimizing. Like, yeah, I really wish I had his address. I would love to send him a copy of the book. <laughs> yeah, minimizing. 
that that was very painful. I have you a friend know? who who plays guitar and he's a very talented musician. And he was telling me that his, he's got a grandparent who's always, or actually I think it's his, his dad, who's always belittling him. And, you know, that's just a hobby. You're wasting your time. You know, if you're naturally gifted at something, there's a reason that you it. have that gift, right? There's a reason that you get goosebumps every time you're doing it. There's a reason you can't sleep at night. You've been given a gift to share it with the world. And just because you're not making money from it, right now or next week or in six months doesn't mean that you should stop doing it. You it can do it just you because want. it, right. It, you can also do it just because it brings you joy. Like not everybody has to turn their career, their hobby into a career, but also like just because someone can't see themselves being successful at making music doesn't mean that you have to stop playing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so hard when parents or a spouse or a partner are not supporting you and even in a hobby who gives a shit you know yes. if it makes your son happy or if it makes your daughter happy or your husband or wife support yes. the shit out of them you know yes. take care of the kids while they're doing that for a little bit you know be there for them and and they're just narcissists are just incapable of that and that's why you know i feel like that's why as um uh, people pleasers and empaths that we are, we make ourselves small. Yeah. So, so, oh, we don't have those needs. So we nobody need feels it. uncomfortable yes. with us. Yeah. Cause you know, we have all this interest and passions and stuff, but if we feel like that is kind of causing somebody else a lot of, a lot of work, it's like, oh no, never mind. I, I, I don't need to do that. You know? Right. Do you know oh what's really God. funny? The only reason this book was born is, I don't know if you're into human design, but in my human design chart, um, I'm a generator. And I, if I tr essentially, like if I try to create something for myself, it's just like dead, like nothing, like it's not beautiful. Nothing, it doesn't, you know, like there's no spark of like amazingness to it. But if I am serving a need, it comes through. We do our best work. Right? Yeah. And you and I had this conversation where like, you weren't even asking me to work on something. And then all of a sudden, like, literally, I think I woke up, I always wake up at two or three in the morning. I woke up two or three in the morning. And I was like, that's the idea. I was like, I need a really quick way to write about this without all of the language of, you know, narcissism, codependency, all those, you know, buzzwords that you, if you don't know what that is, what's the thing, right? Like we don't know what we don't know. And you can't mm -hmm. discover that without just the simple language of abusive relationship, right? Like yeah. you have to start there. And I very specifically remember when I was in my marriage, we got, you know, it all happens really slowly, right? Like first we had two cars and then we're like, Oh, well, let's trade one in. It would make economics, you know, and then you don't have your lunch break and you don't have your private time and you're commuting to work together and you're having your lunch together and you're commuting home to, and then you have no fucking room to breathe. It literally got to the point where like, if I would journal, he would make fun of me. If I brought a book home, it was a joke. Everything that was, you know, anything about improving myself or learning is just, you know, making fun. And so I literally wrote this book to where like, if somebody needs to read it in the privacy of their car, in the 30 minutes that they have, they can do that. There's nothing worse than that feeling of being trapped where like, you don't know how you're going to save money and get out because you're barely scraping by with an abusive mm -hmm. partner. Yeah. And especially if they have control of finances, you know, yeah. I mean, when I got out of my last 
<laughs> my last relationship, it, it the tables completely turned because at the beginning of our relationship, I was the one taking care of all the finances, you know? Right. Once he started his business, he kind of took over that. And you know what? Looking back now, that's why I think he didn't want me to start a business is because he still wanted to have full control of everything. You know, well, and he, he already knew that be... you were a badass at starting businesses. So like, well, shit, if she starts hers, she's not going to have attention on my business. Oh, yeah, exactly. So looking back, it makes sense. It completely makes sense. And, and the fact that I didn't get any support throughout the development of my business, it makes sense. He just didn't want me to be independent. He didn't want me to have money. Oh, and I remember when I finally started my business, he's like, oh, you can keep all the money that you make from your business. Like if it was a tip, you know, here's your peanuts. You're allowed. You're allowed. You have my permission to keep your own money. When I started making thousands and thousands of dollars, he's like, oh, you need to start putting this in, in, uh, in our account. So it flipped completely. It right. went from like, yeah, you're going to fail. So you're going to need your your little peanuts to make it to, oh, now you need to make it. And he would control, like, for some reason, I felt the need that to make any purchases for my business, I had to run it by him. Like, I was that stupid. I wanted to buy a camera. And I said, hey, what do you think? Oh, no, no, no. Don't buy a camera. And I needed a camera. But in my mind, it's like, oh, I need to run it by him. Right. It's crazy. Like I can't imagine. I was too young to have a side hustle when I was married, but I can't imagine trying to do anything. I mean, even just me, like sort of thinking about college was just like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. What a waste. And and I think when you're in a toxic and and an abusive relationship of that, of that magnitude, you are brainwashed into thinking that you're not worth, you're not worth it. You're not enough. Nothing that you do is going to be good. So you're in this constant like alert, like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything right. Like you're blaming yourself for every single failure. Yeah. It's, we're literally told all this and we believe it. Look at yourself. And I, I talk to my clients all the time about this. I said, look at yourself now that you're out of and healed or healing And look at yourself during your toxic relationship and look at yourself before that relationship started. All those three people are completely different. You know, what's crazy is when I got into my marriage, I immediately gained a shitload of weight. And then I got this job where I was around all these very healthy people. They were physically healthy, mentally healthy. You know, well, I wouldn't say mentally healthy. Actually, there's a really big narcissist to that company. But, you know, for the most part, I was around some, some just new positive energy that was encouraging me. And I lost 100 pounds. And he wasn't excited for me. It was like, oh, well, you're just losing weight so you can leave me. And you're just, you know, like, no, dude, I maybe put on all the weight because you've been an abusive asshole. Like, I did. it took me so long to see it. And what's interesting is it happens slowly, right? It's like someone encourages you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, going to the gym and eating a little bit better and just making these little changes that are slowly building. And then you're getting a raise and you're getting a promotion and suddenly making enough money that you can actually pay rent and get the fuck out. You know, it was just these little building blocks of somebody on the outside building me up in a way that I hadn't been built up before. Somebody believed in me. Somebody saw that I was capable, 
when I didn't see that in myself. Yeah. And <laughs> looking, looking back before I met my narc, that's a badass. Man, that's a badass. I was paying for, you know, I had a scholarship to pay for college, but I was paying for all my extra stuff by hustling. I was cleaning houses. I was doing websites. I knew I could do it. Yeah. You know? Then when I met him, you know, he was perfect. And oh my gosh, he was my knight in shining armor and all that stuff. Always. And everything just started kind of going very slowly, very slowly. All the the little comments that will start, you know, making me doubt myself. And I remember when I met you, it's so funny because Michelle, you know, when I told Michelle that we had reconnected and we were, I was like, you know, it's so funny because time hop came up and it was, you know, nine years ago or whatever. Yeah. And Michelle said, do you remember what we said about Pilar when she first started at Style? I was like, no, but I probably have a pretty good idea. I was like, what did we say? And she's like, we both were like, she's so freaking talented. And like, she's so hot. Like we both thought you're just gorgeous. And then I remember you and I got into this conversation where you kind of expressed that like you felt a little bit insecure. And I was like, dude, you're so beautiful. Like I just, I so specifically remember you and I having that conversation where like, I was shocked that you didn't like yourself more, you know, and it's not even that like, I expect people to like think highly of themselves, but just like at the core, like I could feel that like, you didn't like yourself more, you know, more than I, I was just like, I just did not expect that at all. And of course, back then I would have had no idea, but also I remember when I was with my narc, nobody had any idea. I, we seemed like the happiest couple in the world. Everybody. Exactly. So when I met, when, when I got together with, with my narc, he weighed 360 pounds, right? He's a very tall man. He's six, five, but he weighed 360 pounds. I never looked at him and went, oh, he's fat. Never. To me, right. it was everything about, oh, he makes me laugh. He's funny. He gives me attention. So I was focused on that part. I never looked at his body, body and was in any way negatively, you know, affected by. When people started seeing me dating him, they're like, why are you dating him? You know, you're this number and he's this number. And it would piss me off that people would say that because to me, that wasn't, that wasn't the level right. of why I was attracted to him or, or any of that. But during our relationship, he would make comments. He would make comments that would make me doubt myself so much that I started dressing differently. I started just not caring anymore, you know, because it's like, He's never going to say, oh, you look beautiful. Like, I will always have to fish for those compliments. Like, I would dress right. up and be like, oh, what do you think? Like, he could never out of the blue be like, you know what? You look beautiful, baby. Like, never, ever, ever in our 18 years of being together wow. was there a point where he would just look at me and I would know in his heart that he thought I was beautiful. Right. Ever. So when you are in a relationship as that long you rely on the on the other person to to remind you of that it's like even years have gone by you're still beautiful you know right when I would do when I would start working back up you know working going to the gym and working out he'd be like oh are you going through a midlife crisis like he would make comments like that when I I joined jiu-jitsu about five years ago when I joined jiu-jitsu oh he would just huff and puff about me doing it. 
my body started changing. I started getting, you know, really nice, but my body started to emerge again, you know? Right. And he'll, again, he'll be like, oh, you're going through a midlife crisis. What kind of person does that? You're, you know, 38. Why are you doing this? Instead of being like, hell yes, you know, right. my body's looking banging. Right. Let's do this. My wife's a badass. Right. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. There was never that kind of comment. It was yeah. always like, you shouldn't be doing this. So it was his insecurities being projected onto me. Yeah. When but by I this time, hundred pounds, it was, you know, you're losing weight so you can leave me. Well, I can yeah. leave you whether or not I'm fat or thin. I could leave your ass, yeah. you know, like that has nothing to do with it. But once again, you know, that little recording. God forbid know. that anybody get healthy or do oh, well or God. feel good. Like, you know, no. nobody, definitely no. nobody feel good. Cause that, you know, no, it, you and know, it's, yeah. It's such a contrast. Once you are out of a, a toxic, abusive, narcissistic relationship and you're into something that is healthy and that is taken up slow and, and you've actually hit all the milestones without hurting any of them. Right. For the other person to, to look at you, just pause, pause live for a minute and look at you and tell you, you know what? I'm sorry. I didn't tell you how beautiful you are, but you are beautiful today. Boom. You know, when when my current boyfriend said that to me the first time, I was like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Like, what did I do something wrong? wrong? Like, are you about yeah, to like, break up? Like, what's about no. to happen? <laughs> do you know what automatically happened to me? I, I was like very suspicious. I'm like, what does he want? Of why is he saying this? Yeah. What? Why, why, why is he expecting like, what does he want me to do for him now? Because right. I've been in such a transactional relationship all this time that if he would do something quote unquote nice for me, I was like, okay, what does he want? It was right. always, there was always some reason why he would do something nice for me or said something nice is because he wanted something Right. and it never failed Maria. But now, and I've been talking to my therapist about this because my boyfriend now, he loves making me coffee. That's his thing. He makes me coffee in the mornings or he makes me breakfast or he brings me breakfast to work or brings groceries without even being prompted. He just does all this stuff. Right. It, it took me so long for me to accept it and be okay with it. I talked to my therapist. I'm like, he's driving me insane. Like, I hate it. I hate that he does these things because it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. Once right. again, like, my PT is narking like yourself, right? Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Stop doing this shit because I cannot stand it. I can honestly say that I had one healthy relationship right after my divorce. It lasted almost three years. I haven't been able to do it again, but he was like that. I would get home and he would like have cleaned the whole house and cooked me dinner. And I would just be like, what the fuck is that? Like, well, yeah. I never do that for you. Like, you yeah, just... It it was very weird to be taken care of and to be cared for, to be liked, to be yeah. encouraged. His family liked me without any reason. Yeah. Just because they liked to get along with his girlfriends and, you know, yeah, they liked their son to be happy and they, you know, just shocking to be around like a functional Healthy family because they're Amen. so rare. Right. I feel like it's like a 90, 10 thing. Yeah. And that one thing that my therapist said, he literally called me out. He goes, you're being a bitch. Like you're bringing your baggage from your past relationship 
and not allowing him to be his masculine self because you've been in your masculine state this whole time that you feel like you're always in charge. And when somebody is trying to be masculine to allow you to be in your feminine uh, I'm so vibe, masculine in relationships. Yeah. Then the reason why you're so mad is because you're still in your masculine energy. Stop yes. that shit or you're going to push him away. And it, it was like a light bulb in my head. And I even talked to him. I said, I am so sorry. I'm sorry that I react this way. And I had to right. explain to him why I'm always in charge because I always knew that my, my last relationship was not to be trusted with anything. So I always had right. to do everything, you know? So whenever I saw him folding blankets or making my bed or cleaning something, you I'm feel like, defensive. like, stop cleaning up after me. Stop. Yeah. Fucking yeah. triggering me. But I it's like a help. puppy. It's like that puppy energy or I don't know yeah. how to explain it, but it is very, it's, it's difficult because when you have had so many relationships that are not allowing you to be in your feminine side, you know, it's really hard to get to know the healthy part of like, who am I in a healthy relationship? Like, and I always try to compare it with my best friend, like, okay, what would, what would a safe conversation feel like with a dude though? Like, you know, it's so hard to, it goes back to the, you know, the Oprah book, what happened to you? We have these triggers, right? That like automatically, because it's male or female, they're going to act like this, or they're going to, you know, we project all of our subconscious expectations onto, yeah onto the new relationship. Yeah. Thank you for listening to They Might Be Toxic podcast. We truly appreciate your likes, subscribes, shares, and especially your time. We wish you safety, insight, and empowerment as you navigate your own healing path. They Might Be Toxic podcast airs every Sunday at 8 a.m. Central. If you've enjoyed our content, please subscribe and look for our books on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold.